is Liren Baker, and welcome back to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Elizabeth Poet, the star of Magnolia Network's Ranch to Table, where she shares life as a seventh-generation cattle rancher on her family's historic 14,000-acre cattle ranch on California's Central Coast. She also founded The Ranch Table, hosting classes, dinners, and events on the ranch. Elizabeth recently published The Ranch Table, which shares recipes from a year on the ranch from harvests, celebrations, and family dinners. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to chat with you, but let's start with my first question, which is always, what's the first thing that you ever cooked and about how old were you? Um, I would say the first thing that I ever cooked was perhaps my birthday cake. My mom would always let me help with the birthday cake. And so um, with my birthday cake and I could pick what kind and what type of frosting and all of that sort of stuff. So a lot of my early memories um, I would pro- of baking or cooking, I would definitely say probably my birthday cake. <laughs> It was always really fun because she would let me, um, I remember there, I mean, you know, this is the early eighties and, um, there was all sorts of like colors that I could, you know, decorate. And then I'd always go outside and get all sorts of flowers. And, um, I just remember having, I, she was very calm in the kitchen and very (laughs) relaxed. And so she didn't have that feeling of like trying to make it perfect. It was very much kind of like my art piece. So we have have a lot of very interesting pictures of my cakes. (laughs) I love that she encouraged you to be creative and free spirited in the kitchen because I think when you put too many restrictions, especially on children, it really stifles your creativity. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's, um, it's especially for the birthday cake when you feel, especially when you're young and you feel like it's so special, it doesn't matter how it looks. It's just that you're proud of it. So I I know I always was. (laughs) That's so cute. I hope you have pictures of your epic cakes from when you were younger. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, good. So could you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself, the incredible history of, is it Rancho San Julian or Julian? Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, you said okay. it right the first time. Yeah, Rancho San Julian. <laughs> um, yeah, I was born and raised on this ranch. I um, really grew up here and it's a ranch that has been in my family. I'm a seventh generation um, and my boys obviously are eighth. And um, it's, so it's just been in our family for a really, really long time. And yeah, I, I, I grew up here. I went away for school for a while and then slowly made my way back here. Um, I really wanted to be part of the ranch, but I was also really interested in food and I just wanted to kind of find my own place here. Um, my family, we've been running, uh, raising cattle for um, my entire life. So I was really brought up on a, you know, working cattle ranch. So the history goes back a very long time. Um, I love how the story of how it came to be part of your family. Could you just maybe expand upon that a little bit? Yeah. Um, basically, my great, 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 great grandfather um, <laughs> was uh, granted this land back in 1837, and it's remained in our family ever since. Um, and I always wanted to make sure that it is protected and that it stays in our family and that it is protected for 
um, raising cattle. Um, we have wildlife. Um, just an it's just an amazing place, um, and really trying to keep it as it was um, back in 1837. You know, so um, that's that's something that is a really high priority for me and my family. I can't imagine the sense of responsibility you must feel. I mean, to be a steward of the land and the history of your family, I guess it's evolved a lot over the years. Can you take us through what the ranch has raised? And obviously cattle is the, the main focus now, but I'm sure there's other things that you also raise. Yeah, the, there is a huge responsibility when it comes to the ranch. Um, I feel like I have a responsibility for you know, taking care of it and also making it sustainable. And um, sustainable is such a hot word these days. Um, mm -hmm. But it's something that is true to what we've had to do for years to keep the ranch in our family. It has raised cattle. Um, we have raised sheep. Um, we, of course, have horses um, and all sorts of wildlife on the ranch. Um, we also have a small farm. We also do um, have farmers that grow dry farm beans here. Um, we have lavender, we have honey, um, all sorts of things, all sorts of ways that we have been really making this ranch work for many generations. I can only imagine it was probably an idyllic place to grow up. What was that like? It was, you know, what's so funny is I, now that I look back, I see of it. I see it as, oh my goodness, how lucky! And it's how I wanted to bring up. I have two young boys, so it's really how I wanted to bring up my boys. But it's also um, when I was growing up in it, I don't think I really even appreciated it. Appreciated <laughs> it, you know? I yeah. just didn't know. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll go make a ford in the creek. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Boring. I guess I'll go ride the horse. Um, yeah. So I think that I, I really, I, I loved where I grew up. I thought it was cool, I guess, <laughs> but I didn't really see how lucky I was um, until I really went away. I think I really needed to go away for a while um, when I went to school and really see how lucky I was to grow up here, which I think is important. It's an important aspect of growing up and being able to really take yourself out of a comfort zone and be in a place where, you know, I, I went to college in Ohio and then lived in New York for a while and then moved to LA for a while. And I think I really needed that. I needed to kind of see the world a bit more and how things work and um, really be a part of that. But also I came back, I was living in New York at the time and I came back um, to visit my parents in March and, you know, it was like, slushy and cold in the city and yeah. I came back and it was sunny and green and I'm like oh my gosh I have to come back this place is so joyful <laughs> um, and I'm just at home here so this was always a place that I wanted to come back oh I'm glad you did that I'm glad you got to spread your wings and you got to experience a gloomy march in New York I grew up in New York so I know oh, very well yes, yes exactly <laughs> that feeling but I also know that feeling of coming back here to California and just that feeling of calm when you see the hills and the skies. Yes. It's just it's, oh, it's so calming and peaceful. So I don't blame you for coming back. <laughs> yes, I was I was very, uh, I moved back very quickly. I, I think I came <laughs> back in March um, and then I immediately went home and I'm like, I mean, I went back to New York and I said to myself, all right, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm a California girl. <laughs> 
So your dad taught you your ranching skills, but it was your mother who taught you how to cook. And I love how she gave you free reign in the kitchen. Um, How does that influence the way you cook today? Oh my gosh, my mom really was a huge influence um, for me in the kitchen. She was an, or she is still an incredibly relaxed cook, but her food is always so, so good. She's, um, she's Italian. Um, She is just completely one of those people in the kitchen that you just love to be in the kitchen while she's cooking because it's so chaotic, but also so funny and so great to just you know, just, it's just very much alive when you're in the kitchen with her. And it's just kind of a way that I grew up. Um, I didn't, you know, recipes were not to be followed. (laughs) Recipes were, were um, a suggestion, (laughs) Um, you know, and it, we just, uh, it was just a really nice way because I did feel like I could always be creative and try new things. And, it was, and it was always fun. And it was more also to be together. Um, everybody always hangs out in the kitchen. I love that. It's always seems to be the heart of the house that I grew up in. And now my house, you know, everybody loves to hang in the kitchen. And I think that's a lot that that's a lot that I that I have loved about cooking. Yeah. And I love how your cooking philosophy takes into account the word that your mom used to say when or or used to use a lot when you would cook or entertain it's a very calming word tranquilo tranquilo (laughs) and I think a lot of us just need to remember that because I think too often we're always cooking in a rush we're trying to get dinner on the table or because we're you know we've got a party to entertain. And if you just remember Tranquilo, I think that will just help set the tone for everything that you do. Yes, it really, it is, it, it has set the tone for me while I grew up in the kitchen. And now today I really try to, I mean, I do, I, I, I am happily, I happily enjoy cooking. I think it's one of those things that is very Tranquilo for me after I've been doing it now for so long, but it's just something that it brings me joy. And I agree with you about how it just gets so busy and hectic and like, oh my gosh, and people coming. And and that's what I really hope for this book um, is that people can be relaxed when they cook, enjoy. And people, getting people together, I mean, it's just such a joy and everybody just wants to be together again, you know? And so I think that's what's most important. So speaking of your book, it's beautiful. The photography is gorgeous. It's everything that, you know, it's very you. <laughs> um, yes. But what I love too is how you take us through the seasons, chapter by chapter. So as we transition from summer to fall, what are you looking forward to on the ranch? Oh my goodness. Well, um, we've I've been picking apples, which I um, am just, they're, they're going crazy right now. And so we're trying, it's kind of the, I feel like it's the rush before mm. uh, the, the birds get to the apples. So it's like us or the birds. <laughs> so, so we have this great, big, large, really old cooler. It's really beautiful. And so we get put all of our apples in there. Mm. Um, so we've been picking apples. Um, and it's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to. I also love pomegranates. They're not ready yet, but almost. I'm so excited. Um, And then also we're kind of instilled, though, in that end of summer feel, which honestly is when the best tomatoes are coming. Yes. I was drooling over the photo of that 
a tomato and corn salad with the Kalamata olives in your book. It's beautiful and perfect for right now. I mean, it's it's so fresh. It's refreshing. It's it's one of my favorite dishes. I can't get enough of it. And to me, that is like the epitome of like end of summer deliciousness. <laughs> so you mentioned apples. So I have to ask you about the cider press potluck because yes. I would love to go. <laughs> I'm just going to invite yes. myself over. <laughs> you're always welcome. You're totally welcome. I would love to have you, truly. <laughs> if you're in Santa Barbara County, always tell me because, yeah, oh, it's a, thank it's you. A, honestly, it's such a, it's such a sweet event. It's something that we've been doing for I mean, ever. There were some years in between during in the drought that we were not able to do the cider press party. But otherwise, I we've been doing it every single year. And it's just something where we get the neighbors together and people come over and they bring their, you know, empty wine bottles or um, just any sort of jars or whatever. And we make this fresh apple cider and it's delicious. It's fun. It's, um, it's a potluck. So it really has this feel of just relaxation and people bringing anything to share. And it, it really just feels like fall. And I know sometimes I think it's funny because, you know, a lot of people like fall in California, like, come on, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and I get it. I get it. We're not in the on the East Coast. And we're not, you know, we don't have that fall that they have. But we too, you know, California does have seasons and mm -hmm. um, really beautiful ones. And so they're really fun to celebrate. You're right. I do remember when I first moved out here, and everyone was like, Oh, there's just only one season. And it's not true. And people used to say, we only have two seasons. It's wet or it's, you know what I mean? Um, yes. But but no, you're right. There's definitely pockets of, you know, the state that have definitely like a very fall feel to it. And the trees change color too out mm -hmm. here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. The trees change color and the, um, like the pomegranates are coming out. You know, there's all these apples. It, it really does have this fall feel. And I said to my husband the other day, I'm like, I woke up in the morning and I went outside and I was like, wait, it smells like fall. Yes, <laughs> wait, there's that it, smell. There's, there's that smell that has that like very, you know, I don't know what it is, but it just, to me, it smells like fall. <laughs> and so yeah, it's always I always fun. wonder, are there like spores out in the air that just are released <laughs> in this fall? Because it does have a very distinct smell, even out here. <laughs> yes, it does. I totally agree. <laughs> we also have to touch upon summer and your birthday dinner in the lavender field. I, you had talked about your birthday cakes, but I think this takes it to the next level. <laughs> what a special way to celebrate a birthday. So fun. I am very fortunate that my birthday is right in the middle of um, the lavender season being at its peak. And so um, one of the things that my parents always taught me is, gosh, they worked so hard all the time. But what they also did was they really made sure that we enjoyed where we lived, we enjoyed, you know, harvest, we enjoyed the things that we worked really hard for. So, mm. you know, lavender is a beautiful, romantic plant, I think. It's just, it seems relaxing, mm. it's gorgeous. It's a lot of work, <laughs> you know, for all of the harvesting and everything. Um, but it also is something to just really try to also take advantage of and enjoy when we can. So when it's at its peak, we've had um, 
you know, we've had weddings in the lavender field, we've had dinners. Um, it's just the time during that, you know, summertime, it's, it's really the time to really enjoy and have, have people over. Mm. It must smell amazing. That's <laughs> magical, it, really. It does. It really smells amazing. I love it. So since you raise cattle, we have to talk about beef. And we also have to talk about the Santa Maria style tri-tip because this is something that I fell in love with when I first moved out here. It's definitely a Central Coast tradition. So can you tell everyone the secret to your tri-tip? The tri-tip, yes, is definitely, it's a it's a cut that is very much from the Central Coast of California. And it is something that really is Oh, I would say at almost every barbecue that you go to around here. And we have these amazing, we call them the Santa Maria style barbecues. And what they do is you can roll them up, you build a fire underneath the grill and you can roll it up away from the fire. So it's less in heat, or you can roll it down and have it nice and hot. And so I cook everything on it from vegetables. I'll put my cast irons on it. I'll, you know, everything that I can, I cook on it. But yes, definitely beef is something that we do. Um, I have been selling at farmer's markets for the last 16 years. Um, We have grass-fed beef. And it's something that I have just always loved to be a part of and really kind of the beginning of how I was very much involved in food and how much I love um, raising food. But the tri-tip is one of those cuts that I just love. It's not an expensive cut. It's such Mm -hmm. an easy cut to make and it's full of flavor. And one of the things that I love to do, I love garlic. And so being able to really poke some holes in it before we even start cooking and just put cloves of garlic right into the meat. And I always think that makes all the difference. I cannot wait to try it because I do love a good tri-tip. I've never tried putting the little bits of garlic in it. That's so smart. And I also like how the mop, you just use a spray bottle, which is so much easier than having to like yes. you know, brush it on. I mean, a spray bottle is my favorite. I love, I just make this little, um, you know, it's olive oil, soy sauce, and a little bit of red wine and putting that all together and just spraying that on as you're cooking it just mm-hmm. brings so much more moisture, a little bit of flavor, and it really makes just every bite so good. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, me too. I could have that for breakfast. <laughs> yes. Um, steak and eggs. <laughs> steak and eggs. Are there any tips for cooking grass-fed beef? Like how should we treat it differently, if at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I cook everything from corn-fed to grass-fed. I, I think that both are great. We raise grass-fed here. Um, and they are basically, it's just a little bit less fat. And so what you want to do is watch to make sure that you don't overcook it. You can overcook grass fed. And with that, you just want to make sure that you are watching it and that it will just cook a little bit faster. So I always Mm -hmm. like to have it a little bit more on the medium rare to rare side. Um, but it just kind of depends on each person. Mm. Okay. So fast forwarding in the seasons, I was flipping through your book and the holidays look so delicious and decadent, but is there a favorite season for you or a time where you can rest? 
<laughs> yeah, such a good question. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I if there's much resting going on. Um, I am I I am a busybody, so I, I'm I I do I do well with it. But yeah, no, not a lot of resting. You know, I think it's one of those questions that such a good one. I was thinking the other day, I have two boys and I have a friend who just had a baby and I was talking with her and I was saying how she was saying how, oh my gosh, this is like the best. I love this. I don't want this to end. Like, oh my gosh, the next age. And I was saying, and I have, you know, a 12 year old and a nine year old that every single stage is so great and different and exciting and lovely. And I just thought about this and like, I feel that way about the seasons. Every single mm. time it's a different year. It's a, it's a different season. It's a different feel. We've had a different feel. We've had different rain. We've had more sun. It, it just really, every single year is so different and every single season is so different. And there's all of these different nuances to every single season. So I, I can't pick a favorite season because it would be like picking my favorite, you know, age of, you know, growing kids. It's yeah. it's more about like, I just have loved every single part of it. And so every single season I get excited, you know, like by the end of spring, I am desperate for tomatoes. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm that girl who like buys the early girl tomatoes that are, you know, <laughs> just coming out in the markets. I'm like, yes, I need them. Um, <laughs> and then by the end of the summer, when I'm like, totally enthralled in them, then I'm kind of starting to get ready for, you know, the apples and, all, you know, all of those fall delicious things. So I don't know. I, I, I think I love all the seasons. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. It's hard to pick a favorite. And you're right. There's always something to look forward to. And every year is different. So it's a really good attitude to have. I quickly have to ask, what is production on Ranch to Table like? Oh, it's so much fun. It's been such a whirlwind and also just such a fun thing to help be part of, to really be a part of. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my goal for this was to really be true to who I am and be true to agriculture and what it is like being a rancher in California and really all over the country. And it's been so much fun, you know, being able to focus in on food and the relaxation of making food. And my hope was really that to share what it's really is all about, you know, just having friends and family together and cooking really delicious meals. And mm. that's what I've, I've really wanted to share. So it's been really fun. We do it all in my home kitchen and we go out and do projects around the ranch, which are real things that we are getting done around the ranch <laughs> and, um, and cooking in my kitchen. So it's, it's something that I also wanted to bring to the book where you really got to see what a whole year on a ranch is like and kind of the changes as as you go and also I wanted it to be full of like my real thing so I never we never did a had a we have there's no studio um you know there's really it was just all of my grandma's china and things that I've you know collected over the years it's it's something that's very true to this place and to me well You've done a beautiful job with it. It's something to be proud of, and I cannot wait to cook from it. There's, I've bookmarked a lot of recipes already. And I also wrote, I love that you wrote, in our community, work and celebration go hand in hand. 
and there's just a lot of tradition that you're passing on to your children. So what do you think the next generation will look like? My hope is that there will be that, that same love for the land and there will be that same love of community and the environment and the ranch and, and all of this place. My hope is, is really for that, for the next generation to just love this place that you know we've been fortunate enough to grow up on and to be stewards of for the time that we're here. And to pass it on better. I mean, my my goal has always been to you know be able to pass on this place um, better than it was when I came, and mm-hmm. that it can just get better and better over time. Well, I have to say, your boys are very lucky. They may not appreciate it yet, <laughs> <laughs> but I think they will. <laughs> yes, yes, I think they will too. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, I really love chatting with you. But before I let you go, I have some quick closing questions that I ask everybody. Um, what's something that you make when you're too tired to cook, like an emergency go-to dinner? Uh, emergency go-to dinner. You know, I made emergency go-to dinner last night, actually. Oh. Um, all the boys were starving. And I quickly made, we have so much basil. And they love pesto. Mm-hmm. So I quickly made pesto. Pesto is one of those things that I make all the time and my boys eat it, which is joyous for me. <laughs> and so I, um, I made a quick pesto pasta with, um, and I had some chicken in the fridge and I just, you know, cooked some chicken with a lot of um, onions and lemon and kind of cut that up and put it in and boom, it was delish. <laughs> uh, easy peasy. That sounds so good. And fresh. That's Pesto is great for that. What's the one recipe that you treasure the most? In the book? Oh, anything in life. (laughs) In life. Oh, my goodness. Well, I would say one thing that I treasure that has to do with recipes is my grandfather um, left me his recipe index cards. And I, they're just, it's like two boxes of index cards that he always added to. And actually it's his and then his mother's. And so there is these just really fun and you can really tell like, you know, there's this 1950s feel in it in some of them, you know, like jello and, you know, all of that sort of stuff, which is actually becoming like very retro now and coming back. Mm -hmm. But I love being able to go through it because it has all of their, you know, handwriting and it, and even my great grand, my grandmother's hand, no, my great grandmother's handwriting, his mother's handwriting, um, wow. or neighbors that gave things, gave recipes. It's just, I love that. So I would say out of all my recipes, that's kind of a, a recipe treasure. <laughs> I would hold on to that very dearly. Oh my gosh, that's something to be protected. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, so nice. I was, but I was able to go through it and then share some of them in the cookbook. And it was um, just really fun to do. Oh, good. Are you messy or neat when you cook? Ooh, I would say I'm pretty neat. And I would say that only because my mom was so messy. I think oh. <laughs> that I, I think that I just kind of went the other way. <laughs> um, but I would, but I don't know if my um, husband would agree. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, um, I'm a little bit of both, but I, I do think I probably move more a little bit to the to the neat side. 
Oh, that's so funny. I guess it's all relative. Um, what's, what's a good kitchen tip that you can share? Yeah, I love using my ice cream scoop for all sorts of things. I use it to make cookies. Of course, I use it for the ice cream. I use it when I'm piping a bag. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll use the ice cream scoop to pipe the bag. I love my ice cream scoop. I was thinking about it the other day because I keep pulling it out (laughs) for everything. So um, that's a fun little tip that I that I love to use. Yeah, that's so true. Actually, I used mine this morning when I was making muffins. Yeah, exactly. Muffins. Yeah, it just really is very versatile. (laughs) Super versatile. Okay. And every week I try to share five little things with my readers. It's something that made me smile. Is there anything good that you experienced this week? Um, so many things. It was a, it was a good week. Um, you know what? My son said last night in our in our quick meal. He enjoyed the meal that I made, but he said, "Mama, will you make that that chicken that I love?" And I'm like, "Is it the fried chicken?" And he said, "Yes. Will you make the fried chicken this week?" And um, oh my gosh, that made me smile. That made me Aww. smile so much. It was so sweet of him. Um, it's just a joy, right? When, when kids love to eat good food. And when they can appreciate that it was something yes. good that you made. That's that I made as a mom. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, are, they are harsh critics. Oh my they gosh. They are the harshest of all. <laughs> oh. Well, Elizabeth, it was so good to chat with you. Where can people find you and your book and your show and everything you have going on. Yeah. Um, everything that, so the book, the ranch table is really, um, it is available wherever books are sold. The show ranch to table is on Magnolia network and it streams on discovery plus and HBO. And, uh, my Instagram is at Elizabeth poet and yeah, I, I hope people can, um, join along. Oh, thank you so much for spending Friday morning with me. It was such a blast talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. It was really fun to speak with you. After Elizabeth and I signed off, we were chatting about how she collaborated with Georgia Friedman in writing The Ranch Table, whose work I have followed for many years. But a fun fact is that Elizabeth and Georgia are childhood friends. They have known each other since they were five years old. So how especially meaningful it was for them to work together on this book. I want to thank Elizabeth again for joining me today and to you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend. And if you have a moment, rate it to help others discover the show. I hope you join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking. Happy cooking.